Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Mr. Saunders' Sandbox here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. And I got to tell you, well, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say this, uh, because I say it almost every episode, but I got to tell you, this is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time now. Uh, and, And I say that every week because it's true, but this week... The stuff that I want to talk about is is stuff that, well, that, that's like some of the most fun stuff in the world for me. Uh, it's it's stuff that um, really, honestly, if I'm gonna be truthful, it's 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 what got me into podcasting in the first place. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of go over that here in just a just a moment. Uh, one one of the things that one of the things that I thought about real real long and hard when when I was making the decision to start doing the sandbox weekly again, or actually I'd never done it weekly before, but when I decided to start doing it weekly uh, here recently was taking all of the different podcasts that I had done in the past and sort of folding them into the sandbox. You might say putting all of my toys in one sandbox, (laughs) uh, so to speak. Well, one of the first toys that I played with in the podcasting world was a little thing called Be Home by Dinner. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have a few episodes on the podcast feed that we did last year. Uh, I believe there's three of them. And, and I, I encourage you guys to go check them out, give them a, a listen. Or if you've listened to them before, give them another listen. Uh, because of the nature of Be Home by Dinner, the episodes really do hold up well. And, well, I guess I should go over what the nature of Be Home by Dinner is and and what got me started into it. Um, but before I do that, uh, let me plug those other shows. We, we did a fun Halloween one with uh, Th- uh, Thomas Risling and John Mariano and myself. And uh, I've actually just re-listened to that one uh, back in October, and I, I got the same feels and, and, and good vibes that I got the first time we, we whoa, 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 when, when we actually recorded it. Uh, and then uh, we did a, another episode on a, sh- a TV show that's very near and dear to my heart, a show called The Venture Brothers, which in a lot of ways pays homage and I guess, kind of lampoons at the same time, a lot of the cartoons I watched growing up as a kid uh, and, and a lot of the, the the toys that I played with as a kid, a lot of the, well, just a lot of the properties that, that I grew up with, whether it was DC or Marvel Comics, uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, Johnny Quest, all of that stuff, Star Wars, all of that stuff uh, shows up in the Venture Brothers uh, in one form or another. So it was fun to do an episode on that. And and for that episode uh, is me and John Mariano and our friend Old Handsaw uh, came on board and, 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 uh, and played with us uh, for that episode. And it was it was it was a lot of fun. And then we did an episode last year. Uh, I can't remember if it was in Thanksgiving or December that it came out, but it was kind of devoted to the holidays, uh, and in particular Christmas. And for that one, uh, me and, and, and Thomas and John invited 
Christy McGee to come and, and hang out with us. And we talked about a lot of our Christmas memories and traditions. And I got to tell you, uh, if you want to go back and listen to something right now that'll really get you in the holiday spirit, uh, go listen to that. Uh, I'll wait. Go listen to it now. I'll, I'll, I'll be here. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, really good stuff. I loved it as much uh, now, or I love it as much now as I did back then when we recorded it. So that those are the episodes that we have. But this uh, this show, Be Home by Dinner, started a long time before then, uh, almost two years ago, in fact. When when um, when I was uh, participating in and 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 involved in the Movie Trivia League, I, I got to know Thomas Risling. Actually, most of the people that I consider my closest friends online, almost everyone that's in this uh, podcast feed crew, I, I met through the Movie Trivia Leagues. Um, anyway, uh, Thomas and I became good friends, and, and we kind of uh, talked about, you know, if the right idea comes up, we should do a podcast together. He he had done some podcasting before uh, with his uh, ruminations. I I was very green. I had never done any at all. But I had this idea for one, and and the the idea was, and and this is what would become Be Home by Dinner. The idea was to to find things, uh, contemporary things, that um, that almost have like that sort of magical ability to take you back in time. Uh, so contemporary things, whether it's a toy or memorabilia or a poster that grab a hold of those strings of nostalgia tightly and pull you back into the past uh, and allow you to kind of relive some of your, your old memories. I mean, these, these items almost act like totems, magical totems to take you back in time. And, and the idea that I had for the podcast was to take those types of things and then just see where the conversation takes us as, as we go back and delve into some of our memories and our experiences. Uh, and the cool thing is, with uh, me being a little over 10 years older than Thomas, you get two different perspectives. And and then uh, later, you know, with, with the... John and, and, and others that we've brought in, you get a bunch of different perspectives on these things. And it, and it, add, it, it, it creates a very beautiful tapestry of our memories. And, and that's, I think, why I, I love this show idea so much. Now, that first episode we did, the, the totem, the item, the catalyst, if you will, that sent us time traveling, uh, is what I'm going to talk about later in the show today. Um, but we, we started with, with this thing and, and it got me and Thomas into a great discussion about Star Wars and our Star Wars memories. We talked about games and gaming, uh, which it didn't lead into it at the time, but very well could have led into our enjoyment of, of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but that would come back later and we would revisit that uh, with a little thing that no one will ever see. But uh, our version of Dungeons and Dragons that we called Dungeons and Dipshits here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed, uh, maybe, maybe one day 
that'll see the light of day. But um, getting back to that original show, uh, and we somehow segued into professional wrestling and, and talked about our, our love and memories of, of pro wrestling. And all of these things uh, came about in a very organic conversation. And it started with this like one item that, that I brought up and, and, uh, and that we launched that show off of. Now, unfortunately, like I said, I was very green at the time and we did a lot of troubleshooting afterwards. And I'm pretty sure it was because of the settings on my little laptop, my 10 year old little laptop computer that I was recording on at the time. Um, we also were recording through a Discord server, which which we've learned since then is not necessarily the best way to to podcast. Um, but we, <laughs> when we re-listened to our, our lovely discussion that we had recorded, uh, you could hear Thomas, you could hear his beautiful, uh, smooth voice as bright as day. But everything I said sounded like a uh, garbled static, uh, and it was kind. Of, it was a little heartbreaking. It was a little while before I went back to podcasting, <laughs> but you know, you you live and you learn. And uh, when the I when 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 we got together and started the the podcast feed, which was a I want to say like a probably a two or three months after that experience. I always had Be Home by Dinner kind of in the back of my head, as you know. Once I get a little bit of experience with recording stuff and, and putting out shows, let me bring that back out. And then that's what I did uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, and, and we did the three episodes that, that I, I mentioned uh, a few few minutes ago. And, and the idea was, you know, that I would continue those into this year but uh, I think I talked about on on the sandbox uh, two or three shows ago that I kind of hit a brick wall and ran out of momentum, ran out of steam, and and really stopped doing any any content uh, until here recently. So getting back to where I started on the show today, one of the toys I wanted to put in the sandbox was "Be Home by Dinner." So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to basically do an episode of Be Home by Dinner. It'll just be me. I don't have anyone else uh, on, on it this time. But we're going to do an episode of Be Home by Dinner tucked inside of an episode of Mr. Saunders' Sandbox. So kind of like one of those Russian doll things, I guess. But anyway, uh, that's that's what we're doing today. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as we do this, it'll be fun to kind of see, like I said earlier, how, how these objects that we have, these, these things that, that we go buy in the store today or we buy online today, how they have the power to take us back in time. And, and as, as I'm talking about uh, some of these items that, like I said, you can go buy right now. Uh, as I'm talking about them, uh, we'll, we'll get to kind of, uh, talk about some of my memories, uh, that, that come flooding back when I, when I look at, when I touch, when I hold these, these things. So that's what we're doing today. 
I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I do. Uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Jeff Saunders and I'll be your host for the show today and we're gonna we're gonna dive right in to that warm and fuzzy pool of nostalgia and memories that uh, just uh, make us feel good all over and and we're gonna do that by exploring some things that I've recently bought over the last uh, couple of years uh, and and in the process we're going to kind of talk about this idea of the brand new retro, which I know sounds sounds kind of like a paradox, but hopefully after we talk through this stuff, it will make a little more sense. Now, as a, as a kid born in the early 70s, uh, when I got to an age where I could play with toys that were no longer like toddler toys or preschool toys or baby toys, there were these cool action figures that had just come out. And, and these things were based on a, a movie that had also just came out. A little little film. You might have heard of it. Uh, they called it Star Wars. And, and the merchandising that, that came from this film, it, it was like a merchandising boom, like a bonanza. Uh, never before uh, on the toy shelves or in the toy aisles, had, had you seen this amount of stuff come from one, one property, uh, especially a, a film, film property? So I, I grew up with this stuff. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, first, the first toys I remember playing with, you know, were Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie and Darth Vader, Stormtrooper. And then, you know, as the other movies came out, Yoda, Lando, Boba Fett, uh, all of all of these uh, all of these things and later Ewoks, all of this stuff, you know, uh, filled up my toy box uh, and my toy shelves in my, my room uh, at home. So. There, there's a lot of. I have a lot of memories tied into that stuff. And, and Star Wars, you know, has been around for, uh, gosh, probably close to 45, no, over 40 years now. And, and really, really for all of that time, there has been a Star Wars presence in the toy aisle, uh, along with all, all sorts of other uh, memorabilia and merchandise. I'm kind of focusing on toys right now. And, and you, we'll get to why in a minute, but but Star Wars, when it came out, man, nothing nothing had had done merchandising the way Star Wars did. Uh, even even to the to the uh, to the point that after the first movie came out, George Lucas was able to self finance the next two sequels, based on, in a large part what he made from the merchandising. So that's kind of crazy to wrap your, your, your brain around that. Uh, you, I can't imagine how, how many action figures you would have to sell today to finance a movie. But 
uh, he was able to do it back then. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was able to do it back then. And, and like I said, these things have, have remained present on the toy aisles ever since. And, and not always uh, as much. You know, there's definitely been peaks and valleys uh, over the last 40 plus years. But, but they've always been there. Well, a few years ago, Walt Disney Company, or Disney, I guess, bought Lucasfilm, and with it, Star Wars. And uh, in the time since, they've put out some new movies. Uh, they've, they've, they've released uh, a lot of uh, new animated shows. Uh, and and they they've started releasing shows like series, live action series, on on Disney Plus. So there's sort of been a resurgence of of Star Wars toys on the toy aisle, right? Now the toys today are they're much different than they were back in the late '70s when when I was playing with them in my sandbox, literally. Uh, there's a lot more articulation to the action figures. There's a lot more details in in the the figures and their accessories. Uh, they're just able to do a lot more now than they could back then. But those those simple figures from back then, with their five points of articulation, you know, their their arms and legs were were straight, but they could move, and their head could turn side to side. Uh, but those simple figures were so uh, groundbreaking at the time. You know, uh, most most uh, most figures that came out before then were were like the twelve inch dolls. I guess if they were the for the boys, they were twelve inch action figures, uh, like GI Joe. And even when Star Wars first came out, uh, they they also did the twelve inch line, but. You could not, uh, you couldn't, like, affordably make vehicles for 12-inch figures. Uh, now, I think I, if if I, this was all before my time, but I've I've done some research online because uh, I really get a kick out of this stuff. But uh, I know that like GI Joe and Action Force, they they did make some vehicles for their 12-inch uh, action figures, but. To make all of the the vehicles and accessories that that Star Wars made, uh, it, it it would have been impossible to do it for for figures that tall. So they they created the three and three quarter inch action figure, and and there there are some funny stories about how that became about. Uh, I think the the one that I've I've heard the most is uh, one of the um, one of the executives at Kenner. Uh, simply at one of their meetings, just <laughs> held his hand out and with his thumb and forefinger, about three to four inches apart, said, "Make them this size." <laughs> so that that was kind of the mandate to make them, you know, three and three quarter inches tall, and and that revolutionized the action figure industry, right? Uh, when GI Joe relaunched a, a few years later, that was the size that they came out with. Uh, and, and, and it's kind of been like the, the gold standard for action figure sizes 
ever since. Now, like I said, you know, there, there's a lot more points of articulation on the figures now, but but there's something just really simple and really beautiful about those old Kenner action figures. Uh, a lot of them were were based on like early, uh, early like uh, publicity photos or, or behind the scenes pictures, uh, and and were like actually prototyped and and made before the movie even came out. Uh, just because you know there there was a amount of time needed you know to to for the production of these figures, and and they wanted them on the toy shelf you know as soon as they could after the movie uh, premiered. So you do have some of the figures that don't really look like they're on screen uh, counterparts. Uh, you have some of them that have crazy names uh, that have in the time since been been given actual names, uh, much like a walrus man. You know, he's, he's of course, now we know him as Ponda Baba, but for a long time, and when I was a kid, he was walrus man. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, and a few others. Uh, we had these generic names for them because that's in the script. At that time, they just had a generic name for them. So that's that's a, there's a lot of fun trivia uh, in all that. Now, one of the one of the cool things uh, about all this, and 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 this is this is what what happens when fans and people who grew up with something become the people in charge of that thing is. You, ha you have uh, an opportunity to really, really dive into the nostalgia of stuff. So when, when Star Wars, I believe it was the year that they had their, their 40th anniversary a, a, a few years ago, they launched a wave of action figures referred to as the Retro Collection. And this is, and this is what, what our, our little talk is going to be based around today. I've probably taken a, a long time to get here, but but this is this is what we're we're here to talk about today is this retro collection. So what what the the guys and girls at Kenner did was they recreated some of the original figures from the original Kenner line of action figures that came out in the in the late seventies, and and. Uh, they released uh, like five, I think it's like five or six figures. Um, and as much as they could, they used the original molds or they used new molds based on the uh, uh, figures that are still around from back then. So what you have is these uh, these action figures that, that look just like the ones I had when I was a kid. And, and they even do like the... Um, the the card uh which is what we call the the box that they they come on the card art is the same as it was back then the only difference in the card art is they've gone and added like some photoshopping to it to make it look like it's old and aged uh so there's like some you know faux cracks and crinkles on the card art but other than that it looks just like i remember them from back then and and it, it's it's been so cool to see these things so they one year uh, i think it was in 2019 i think was the year that they actually uh 
rolled these out and did the first wave that came from uh, the original figures from the original Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, they released uh, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and a Stormtrooper. So, yeah, six figures. The next year, which I, th I believe, if I'm not mistaken, coincided with the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, they released six figures from the Empire Strikes Back line. So we got Princess Leia in her Hoth gear. We got Han Solo in his Hoth gear. We got Luke Skywalker in his uh, uh, Bespin fatigues uh, that he was wearing uh, when he fought Darth Vader at the end. We got um, Lando Calrissian. We got Yoda. And we got Boba Fett. Which is really, really cool. Really cool. Because these, these are the ones that I, even more so than the original line, these are the ones that I really, really remember. Although I, I did see Star Wars in the theater uh, when it was out originally. I was only like three years old. So the first actual movie I remember seeing was The Empire Strikes Back. And and seeing these these figures in their boxes just like they were when I would get them for Christmas or birthdays as a kid, it, it has just like flooded me with, with these memories of playing with them. But not just that, but going and watching The Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater. It, it's, it's reminded me of when I can remember almost like I was there, which this is crazy because I was only like five years old, but I can remember asking either my mom or my dad why Darth Vader would turn Han Solo into a rock at the end of it. I didn't understand that he was frozen and he was still alive uh, encased in the carbonite, I, I thought he had turned him into a, a rock statue and that Han Solo was, was dead now. Uh, which I think actually when the, the reason they scripted it and wrote it that way was because they weren't sure if Harrison Ford was going to come back and reprise him in this next sequel. But as a kid, you know, I, I thought one of my favorite characters was gone forever. And, uh, and I, I've, I've remembered I've, that memory has come back a, a few times over the last few years, but it really, really came back when I was looking at these action figures uh, based on the original uh, Empire Strikes Back figures. And, and that's just, it just amazes me how something like that, uh, like, a, like I mentioned earlier, something like that can be like a magical totem. And you look at it, you touch it, you feel it, it, it takes you back in time. And, and how many, how many things like that we have in our lives, how many things we like that we had in our lives that we no longer have, you know, and, and, and does that mean that a link to some of our memories is gone because we don't have them? I, I, as a, as a kid, like I said, I had like a, a vast Star Wars collection. And as, as the G.I. Joe figures were re-released, I, I really dug them, and, and they were like my new jam. And I sort of, a lot of my Star Wars stuff kind of went to the side, uh, to the point that I 
took them over to a young cousin's house in, in a huge box. I had figures, uh, I had play sets, I had vehicles in there. And I, I told him, here, you know, you're, you're really into Star Wars right now. I want you to be able to play with these because I'm not playing with them right now. Now, a caveat there is, in my 10 or 12-year-old brain at the time, I thought I was going to get those back. <laughs> Unfortunately, that never happened. Uh, I think uh, I, I think that uh, they ended up getting sold in garage sales and whatnot, or, or passed along to other other friends or family. I lost a lot of stuff there, stuff I would love to have on my shelf uh, today, but... You know, that's what happens. I, I actually think from all of what I had, the only figure I still have is uh, the Lando Calrissian figure from Return of the Jedi, a general Lando Calrissian figure. Uh, in his uh, fancy fatigues, he drove the, the Millennium Falcon in uh, when they took on the second Death Star. Anyway, uh, getting back to the retro collection, so they did these these first two waves based on the the first two Star Wars films that were released, and and there was a lot of anticipation, and excitement, that the next wave would be based on some of the Return of the Jedi action figures that came out in I think in nineteen eighty two, or nineteen eighty three, and I think for a lot of fans there was a little bit of disappointment that that was not what came out. And, and, I, and, and I, I want to, I, I would, I would be dishonest if, if I said I wasn't a little disappointed myself because I had kind of built up, you know, you, you built up uh, hopes and anticipation and expectations about things. Often when, when it's not your place to, to do so, you know, I found with with uh, with movies, with TV shows, with books, it's much better just to go in with a blank mind and enjoy what's given to you. You know, you you try to take on the role of writer and producer and director and decision maker <laughs> before these things come out. You sometimes will set yourself up for disappointment because it won't play out the way you saw it playing out in your head. Uh, it's, it's, much, it's much better and much more satisfying if you can just go in there with like a blank slate, right? Which, which I know is hard to do sometimes, because there's a lot of these franchises and properties that we love so dearly. And, and this could be a whole other discussion, and, and might be at some point, because I think there's a lot of merit uh, to this discussion. But for the third wave of these action figures, instead of going to the well and pulling up more stuff from the past uh, and, and giving us action figures from the next film in the franchise, Return of the Jedi, what they chose to do instead was to use the same aesthetics, the same five points of articulation, uh, the same kind of color patterns, and, and you could say lack of detail, uh, or you could say just vague detail <laughs> that existed in the original figures. And they decided to apply all of that to one of the newer properties. So what they did was they did a wave of figures based on the Mandalorian 
series that airs on Disney+. And, and they base these figures on the first season of The Mandalorian. And I, it took me a while to get over not getting the Return of the Jedi figures. I have to be honest there. But when I started looking at these things, I, I started to realize the brilliance of this. You know, the people buying this retro collection are not kids. And parents aren't buying these for their kids to play with. These are collectors. Uh, those of us that, that uh, like I said, these, these figures engage us with our memories and, and uh, give us the warm fuzzies. So to, to apply that to something brand new, which also is deliberately being done. Like if you've watched The Mandalorian, they deliberately have, have gone out of their way to, to make it connect and feel like that old Star Wars. Um, so to get, get action figures that have that same feeling that the, that the showmakers are, are, you know, trying to, uh, to do, it, it's just incredible when you start thinking about it like that, how you have new things, things that did not exist 40 years ago that are able to engage you with those memories from 40 something years ago and all the years since then. Because like I said, these are, these are, many of these are based on characters that didn't exist back then. Many of these new, newer action figures in the retro collection are based on characters that we only learned about a couple of years ago. Uh, so that's been really, really something special. So with the, with the next wave, uh, they came out with a, um, who all did they do? They came out with the Mandalorian. Uh, there was uh, the child. Uh, we got uh, uh, Cara Dune. We got IG-11. We got, uh, uh, oh, good grief. Yeah, grief. We got grief. <laughs> Carl Weathers. I can't remember the character's last name off the top of my head. And, and my, my action figures are on the wall in another room, so I can't look at them right now. Uh, and then we also got uh, Moff Gideon. Uh, so we got uh, six figures from that from the first uh, from the first uh, uh, season of the Mandalorian, and what they've done is they they've announced what the figures are going to be coming out next year, and they're going to be based on the second season of the Mandalorian. Which which makes me wonder if if they're going to continue in this direction. Um, I'm sure at some point they're going to release some Return of the Jedi figures. And I, I look so forward to that. I can't wait. But I'm also excited to see what they do with all of these newer characters done in this classic uh, retro line. And, and it, in a lot of ways, it's like brand new retro. Because uh, it's new stuff but it's done like in a retro way and it still has the power to send us down memory lane and, and, and take us back to relive all of those memories, all that nostalgia from the past. And I think that is pretty dang cool. Um, like I said, I can't wait to see what, what all comes from this line. If they continue this line, uh, 
we know that at some point we're going to have a Cassian Andor series. Uh, we know uh, that we have the Book of Boba Fett coming out in a few weeks. Uh, we know that they're doing an Ahsoka Tano series. Um, and then other than the those live action things, uh, and I think there's a couple other live action series that have been announced. And then on top of that, you know, we have all of the the newer movies that Disney has done. It would be really cool to see some of those characters done in this uh, in this fashion. Uh, and also, you know, you have all the animated series, Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, Resistance, uh, The Bad Batch. There's just there's just a gold mine, uh, a wealth of, of characters that, that it would be really neat to see done up in the the classic Kenner action figure style. And and I a part of me wants to see all of that. Uh, as much as I do want the Return of the Jedi figures to come out eventually, there's a part of me that really wants to see all this newer stuff come out, this new Star Wars done in the in the classic style. And I cannot wait to see what they do next. So until next time uh, we have another one of these discussions, you guys Go get out there, make some new memories. Just remember to be home by dinner. I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, you, you can't see me because, uh, you know, this is just an audio recording, but I literally have a grin from ear to ear. This this is stuff that I just love and adore, and it's stuff that I, I geek out over anytime it comes up. Um, and and I'm, really, I'm really big into the whole nostalgia thing. So, yeah, this is definitely my jam. And hopefully after listening to it, it might be your jam too. Uh, one thing that I didn't mention in the retro collection is is uh, Kenner also re-released a couple of board games. Uh, one board game uh, that was uh, based on the Death Star Escape uh, that came out uh, with the original uh, Star Wars film. And then uh, one that was uh, based on the Battle of Hoth that came out with uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And each of those board games included uh, an exclusive figure that was never made in the original collection. Um, and and I, I, that's one thing that I failed to mention, and in a lot of ways that's possibly and probably what opened the door for them to do new figures in this style. So I wanted to make sure that I, I included that in the podcast because uh, I think it's important. Uh, but that's really it for today. I, I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Uh, I'm working on putting out uh, some more content on the YouTube channel. Uh, a little bit of sort of like uh, companion pieces to go along with this episode and, and the episode on the, uh, on the holiday road. So look for those. And, uh, and until next time, until next time we do one of these. Uh, thank you guys for coming and playing around in my sandbox.
Do you consider yourself a player, but know deep down that you've really got no game? Well, that's okay. You can watch others who are players and who do have that game. And you can do this all with Twatch. So download the Twatch app for your computer, your console, or your mobile device and get to Twatching. It's Twatch for those who like to watch. Hey there, everybody. My name is John Mariano, and I'm from the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. I am here to let you know that we have a plethora of shows on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed, and whatever you do, do not tune in. You don't want to hear from Corey Morissette, Jeff Hillbilly, Scripps Saunders, Mark Aiden Clyer, Thomas Russling, or myself. All of our shows are hot garbage. They are structured stupidity, and they are not worth your listen. So whatever you do, do not tune in to the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. We do not want any new fans at all. Back to you.